The Red Light District by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 7. Polanski is dead. Or so it seems. Jensen, head in his hands, sat behind the desk. Slowly he slid his hands down his puffy face, revealing his watery eyes. His upper lip sank onto his protruding jaw as he looked up at Ben. Pudge, Harvey was a friend of mine too. You don't understand, Ben. Joe's dead. Ben tilted his head and lowered his brow. No, that just can't be. I just talked to L.A., Ben. It's true. How did it happen, Frank? L.A. thought that Stevenson had mafioso connections. Yeah. This wasn't a mob killing, was it? I'm afraid so. They, they burned his body in an incinerator, said Jensen as he sobbed. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. Come on, Frank. This can't be. First of all, do they know that the body in the incinerator was Joe's? Coroner compared his college dental records with those absolute confirmation. Yeah, that ain't all. Jensen went over to his desk and picked up a pad of paper. And there's this. What's that? Asked Ben as he reached for the paper and read Jensen's handwriting out loud. To whom it may concern, this is to inform you that no one pushes around the friends of Charlie Stevenson. His killer will burn in hell at his new address. 4351 El Santo Boulevard signed the devil. Hicks told me they have suspects, but they've all got airtight alibis. I don't even know who's really running that operation in L.A. Can't believe that anyone be that vengeful. What animals? An eye for an eye, Ben. Look, Frank, we don't even know that Joe killed Stevenson. How can you say it's an eye for an eye? I'm convinced that everything leads right to Joe. Some friend you are. I wish Joe were here with us right now. I'd say the same damn thing, Ben, because that's what the evidence shows. The hell you know about evidence. When's the last time you even busted anybody? You're just a hick sheriff in a hick town. And who the hell are you? A hick owner of a second-rate newspaper? Damn. The two men stood with their backs to each other for a few minutes as they cooled down. You're going to tell his wife, aren't you, or are you going to let her go on believing that Joe's still alive? Demanded Jensen as Ben stayed silent. Then I'm going up there right now. Jensen picked up his hat and moved across the room. Ben reached out and caught his wrist. I'm sorry, Frank. I shouldn't have flown off the handle like that. I'll tell her. Lady's going to go bananas, Frank. I can tell you that right now. It was a remarkably windy, cold, and cloudy day as Joe's friends and the entire town gathered around a copper-colored coffin under a spreading mulberry tree. Serious Ben Simpson literally held up Barbara, who was heavily sedated. The two youngest children were not even at the graveside service. Susan clutched onto her teary-eyed sister. The Reverend cast dirt across the coffin as he ended the service. For so much as it is pleased, almighty and merciful God, to take the soul of our brother and friend, Joseph Polanski, we therefore commit his earthly body to the sod, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, always in the faith and resurrection, to live an everlasting life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For thou is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the resurrection of life everlasting. Amen. Ben looked at the red dirt on the shiny coffin. As he reached out with his hand, he drew a cross in the dirt. He walked over to Joe's family with a gentle smile and hugged each one of them. Then he turned to the reverend. 
Thank you, Reverend, said Ben as he spoke for the family, and then led Barbara away in a black dress to the waiting limousine. Slowly as the limousine pulled away from the cemetery, the throng of people trickled back to their cars. In a few minutes, the coffin would be lowered in the ground, and the afternoon rains would fall on the freshly shoveled earth. Join us next time for another exciting episode of The Red Light District by Robert P. Fitton. Presented by Fitton Theatre of the Words.